0: Hi, I'm Mrs. Ferrier and I'm Miss Holden and today we're going to talk about The Immortal Life of Henrietta Lacks by Rebecca Skloot. Henrietta Lacks was an African-American tobacco farmer in Maryland and in 1951 she was diagnosed with cervical cancer. Doctors took a little piece of her tumor and put it in a dish. Henrietta Lacks, a mother of five young children, died soon after this but her cells lived on. They kept growing and reproducing. This was a huge medical breakthrough. And there have been many benefits arising from these cells, which are named HeLa cells. So how exactly have we benefited from HeLa cells, Mrs. Ferrier? Well, HeLa cells have been used in all kinds of ways by doctors and scientists. They were used to study the effects of atomic radiation. Uh, HeLa cells helped develop techniques used in IVF, or in vitro fertilization, enabling couples to have children who couldn't have them otherwise. HeLa cells have also been used to test and develop drugs for the treatment of all sorts of illnesses, ranging from the flu all the way to cancer and Parkinson's disease. HeLa cells have allowed scientists to study the stages of cell division. Uh, They have also helped scientists to figure out the exact number of chromosomes in human DNA and launched the complete field of genetics. Henrietta Lacks cells have also helped develop techniques which allowed the transplant of corneas to help treat blind people. And they have helped make the connection between HPV, or the human papillomavirus, and cervical cancer, which fairly recently led to the uh, HPV vaccine. Despite the many
1: positive advances scientists made because of HeLa cells, the book also raises some ethical questions regarding attainment of the research and patient consent. In general, for example, many doctors practice benevolent deception, They would withhold even the most fundamental information from patients, not wanting to upset or confuse them. Their belief? That doctors knew best, and most patients, especially black patients, wouldn't question because they felt they were lucky to get care at all. But there are many more specific examples of individuals being treated without any pretense of ethical care. Of course, there's Henrietta Lex, whose cells were taken without her knowledge. When the cancer cells were found to be immortal, they were initially given away to many researchers and then sold for profit. Her family never knew or signed a release form for Johns Hopkins to do that. The lack of medical ethics, especially towards the poor and non-white, arose decades before. In 1917, Alexis Carrel, a French surgeon, wanted to help create immortal cells to preserve the superior white race from, quote, being polluted by less intelligent, inferior stock. In the 1920s and 30s, the Mississippi appendectomies took place. Doctors would perform unnecessary hysterectomies on poor black women to stop them from reproducing and to give young doctors a chance to practice their surgeries. In the 1930s, U.S. Public Health Service researchers at the Tuskegee Institute wanted to study how syphilis killed from infection to death. They recruited poor, uneducated African-American men with promises of free physical exams, hot meals, and stipends for their families and injected them with syphilis. In 1947, the U.S. led a war tribunal in Nuremberg, Germany, which sentenced seven Nazi doctors to death by hanging for conducting research on Jews without their consent, such as sewing siblings together or dissecting people alive to study organ functions. They created a 10-point code of ethics, which was to govern all human experimentation worldwide. But many American researchers refused to acknowledge or abide by the Nuremberg Code. Richard Tallinn, the top cervical expert in the county in 1951, used patients in the public wards for research, usually without their knowledge. Many scientists believed that since patients were being treated for free in the public facility, it was fair to use them without any payment, consent, or their knowledge. Howard Jones, a Johns Hopkins doctor and Henrietta Lacks' doctor, felt that his hospital with its, quote, large indigenous black population had no dearth of medical material. In 1954, Chester Southam, a virologist, injected patients with cancer cells from HeLa to see what would happen. He told his patients he was just checking their immune systems. And most recently, in the late 1990s, two women sued Johns Hopkins, claiming that researchers had knowingly exposed their children to lead and hadn't informed them when blood tests revealed they had elevated lead levels. All families in the study were black. Researchers had treated the houses with lead and encouraged landlords to rent those homes to families with children.
0: That is horrifying. I remember being astonished at some of those examples when I read the book. I was also surprised at some of the interesting facts surrounding Gila.
1: Yeah, like the first human cells to be frozen and sent through the mail were Gila cells.
0: The first cells travel into space so scientists could study the effects of space travel and zero gravity on human cell growth, also HeLa cells. Did you know that if you placed every
1: HeLa cell ever grown end-to-end, they would stretch around the world three times?
0: Wow. On a scale, if you were to put all of the HeLa cells, they would weigh more than 150 Empire State Buildings. That's pretty heavy.
1: You know, today, if you want HeLa cells, you can purchase them online for $250.
0: On a more local level, the Evergreen School District has a new high school opening up next fall. It's going to be called Henrietta Lacks Health and Bioscience High School, Gila High for short.
1: Rebecca Sklut's The Immortal Life of Henrietta Lacks outlined many benefits of the Gila cells, but the reality is that the questions about the ethical use of these cells still remain.